Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On board this aircraft, there are six emergency exits. Hello, everybody. This is Ron, your captain speaking. We are currently 30,000 feet in the air, and we haven't even left the airport. We just lit the joint. <laughs> just getting a little, little pilot humor there. We like to have fun. Our destination today is Casablanca, Morocco. So everyone, sit back, fasten your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff. We will be arriving in six hours and 58 minutes. What's going on, Seven Footers crew? It's your girl Jenna here and Gerard. And if you can't see, I'm wearing orange because <laughs> of my sons in seven. Don't come for me, Gerard. <laughs> Listen, I picked sons in six. I'm not coming for you. Like, I, you know, it's it's... It's um, it's been a finals, right? And and Milwaukee has figured some things out, and you know we'll get into it as we discuss. But um, you know we're on the precipice of possibly seeing the Larry Ob going going to uh, Milwaukee. Larry Ob in Milwaukee, and what is it like? What fifty five years or yeah, something? Yeah, I mean the last time they won a title, um, they were led by a man by the name of Lou Alcindor. Uh, those of you young folks out there may know him as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, Ooh, and you and. And 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 Oscar Robertson, right? Those were the guys that last led the Milwaukee Bucks to an NBA title, and that was a long time ago. <laughs> and I don't know if you've been surfing online, checking out what the kids are talking about, but um, there's going to be some Bucks legends in the house tonight. Little uh, Dr. J will be there. Speak of the devil. Well, look, they're, Brandon they're, Jennings. Brandon they're Gen- popping up online. Listen, they're, they're going to be some people in the house, right? Like. As there always is for a game clinching uh, NBA Finals, um, and it's you know it's possibly what this is, right? The Bucks win tonight; they do in fact clinch. So we'll see. And Gerard, here's where my worlds collide. Do you also <laughs> know who's going to be in the house for Game Six? I imagine some kind of entertainer. I believe Kanye West will be in the house tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ye is going to be in the house tonight. He's <laughs> about to apparently drop an album. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing it's a masterpiece and uh, hoping he addresses the divorce, which he's allegedly supposed to do. But this wait, ain't wait, TMZ. Who, who, who's going to ask him questions at the game? You think Malika, maybe? <gasps> no, no, no. I'm saying he's dropping an album. Oh, the album will address. I thought and at I'm the like, game he was going to address. That. I was like, who's going to do Please, Gerard, <laughs> I'd be on my way to Milwaukee right now. <laughs> You know what? I mean, first of all, shouts to uh, Malika, who's been doing an excellent job um, taking her on the yes. sidelines and all the, all the great interviews she's been doing for the finals. Um, I, I wonder if she's going to try to get a Kanye interview. I would literally. <laughs> I mean, he. My name would be mate. He's also wearing that full on like hazmat mask. So that might make it, say, <laughs> make it tough for him to speak. Was- yeah, I mean, unless he could speak his voice through his eyes, Malika's not going to get much tonight with that mask. Just see him at the big three, you know? Oh, my God, Kanye. He's, All right. You know. <clears throat> well, this ain't these uh, these entertainment streets up in here because I'm wearing orange for the first time mm-hmm. in my life. Um <laughs> Because I have sons in seven, so hopefully mm-hmm. we can push this out to seven. Now let's talk about game six. Milwaukee leads three to two. They can clinch the series and get their first 
what is it? I ju- we just talked about it off air, Gerard. First title in 50 something years. Yeah. 50 yeah. some years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this is magnificent because the Bucks had a complete series turnaround after coming back from being 0-2. And let's also not forget that Giannis Antetokounmpo is playing with that mm-hmm, hyperextended mm-hmm, left knee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So again, I'm assuming he's playing through pain or he's playing through for some sure, sort sure. of issue there. So that'll be interesting as well. Let's talk about Milwaukee to begin, because I just said that they had such a series turnaround, especially with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, who have been absolutely amazing. And then, of course, Giannis in a category of his own clenching records and different things of the sort, putting his name up there with MJ and big guys like that in the league of the greats. So what has Milwaukee done exactly that has given them this edge? Well, look, Milwaukee's size and length is bothering Phoenix and it's bothering them big time, right? That, 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 that's a piece of this, but also the last three games, Milwaukee has turned Phoenix into a one man band, right? They've turned them into the Devin Booker show. And that's not how Phoenix got the second best record in the league this year, how they stormed their way to the Western Conference, and how they jumped out to that 2-0 lead. The way they did it was by ball movement, player movement, and the ball zipping around. They And Milwaukee has taken that away. They've really shut the valve off on Cam Johnson, on Mikel Bridges, right, on those on those wing corner threes that Phoenix is used to getting. And it's forcing them to go, okay, you're going to go Devin Booker one on three, right? Because then it's, can Booker score enough to beat Giannis, Middleton, and Drew? And the answer so mm-hmm. far has been no, right? Like even when he scores 40, right, if Giannis is getting 30, and either, either Drew or Chris have a good game, they're toast, right? Because they're not getting their production from other places. So it's funny, Jenna, we kind of have to give Bud some credit here for making that defensive adjustment, take away Phoenix's corner threes, make them do things they don't want to do. You know, I said this on our last pod. I've said this on several other, other shows, the way, the way in which you attack a team defensively is to take away what they want to do primarily, right? Make them go to their secondary tertiary fourth and fifth options. There's a reason why those options are third, fourth, and fifth. It's because they're not as good as number one and two. Well, we want you to do three, four, and five, not one and two. And that is what – Phoenix does not want to do Devin Booker iso ball. That's, that's not – that's suboptimal. But Milwaukee's mm-hmm. defense has forced them into that. And I mentioned the size and the length of, of Milwaukee. With Lopez out there, with Giannis, right? It's with Bobby Portis. It – that wears on you after a while. The hardest thing to do in this league is score over size, particularly when you don't have size yourself. As good as Chris Paul and Devin Booker are, they're not 6'9", 6'10", dudes, right? Chris Paul is six foot on a good day in shoes, right? And Devin Booker is 6'4", six, 6'5", six, right? Like that. And the thing is, those guys aren't going to grow, right? And add six inches over <laughs> overnight. So they are and what DeAndre they are. And DeAndre is their only big man. Their only Literally, big like, man. Let's be real. They're, and and, like and when he said, goes to Chris the bench. Chris Paul on a good day. Yeah. He's just six foot. Yes. When DeAndre has to – because think about it. The Sarge injury is hurting them. Because yep. without Sarge, when they take when Andre when DeAndre has to sit down for rest, the buck the, the Suns go small. Well, Bud's like, cool, you go small, we're gonna stay big, and they're gobbling up all the offensive rebounds, and you know they're protecting the paint, and the Suns don't have a counter. Now, 
Mm-hmm. Can the Suns get back to some other stuff? We shall see. Um, but it, th- that's what's happening. Yeah, and I think you might have mentioned this before. The Suns' ball control has completely taken a 180. They started out so strong, moving fast, pushing the paint, really good offensively. But now the Bucks have been the ones to kind of be juggernauts on the offensive end. And like you said, too, shout out to Bud, who has made adjustments. Because I think that was one of the things that we talked about, that he wasn't making adjustments in the very beginning. So coaching strides for him. I like what I see there. Let's flip the script here and mm-hmm. talk about the Suns, though, because literally their backs are against the wall. It is win or go home for game six. So what are they going to absolutely need to do and not need to do to take over game six and push a game seven? Well, so this is interesting, right? The The Suns all season, Jenna, have not lost four games in a row. That hasn't happened all season. They are currently on a three-game losing streak. They lose tonight. That will be the first time they lose four in a row. And what a bad time to have a four-game losing streak in the NBA Finals because mm-hmm. that will then end it for you and that Larry O.B. is going to be in Milwaukee. So it's what I talked about with the Bucs. It's, it's, it's the reverse with Phoenix. They've got to get back to that ball movement, right? They've got to cut and move and loosen up the Milwaukee defense. What, what have I been saying for the last three weeks? Would you rather guard somebody in space or guard them in a tight crowd? You'd rather guard them in a tight crowd, right? Milwaukee, Phoenix is allowing the Bucks to play their defense in a tight crowd, right? They're not getting cutting action. Guys aren't moving. They're going to have to do some things to loosen up that Bucks defense, right? Get them a little bit off the string so that then Chris Paul can attack the paint, right? Booker's playing well. I think he will. And I think it's going to come out sometime well after the series that, you know, Chris Paul's clearly paying, playing through an injury, right? Like that left wrist, a left hand is, is obviously bothering him. But he's going to have to summon some sort of extra, you know, uh, you know, ordinary strength to really have an excellent. And it doesn't, I don't mean he has to score 40 points. I mean, he's got to get into the teeth of the defense. He's got to be able to because what's with the, the injury with that left hand is showing, Jenna, is those passes he normally makes that are crisp and right on point are not. And the Bucks are getting mm-hmm. fingertip on him, getting out in the steals, running out and having transition points. He's got to have that game where he's making those pinpoint passes from in the paint and those guys are knocking down wide open corner shots or they're shading to get a little bit over it, right? Just that's what they're going to have to get back to. And of course, Booker's going to have to play amazing. The other thing I think Phoenix is going to have to do, DeAndre Ayton, um, you know, who's been playing well, will have to continue to play well, continue to do mm-hmm. things where he's dominant. When they switch, he's got to smash whoever that small person they put on him every time. And he's got to go at it with that jump hook and really put the pressure on the Bucks front court. Um, look, when Milwaukee won game two, they sh- I'm sorry, when Phoenix won game two, they shot 20 of 40 from three, 50%. They're going to need like 23s tonight to win. Uh, uh, something. Yeah. And, and Milwaukee's going to have to not shoot well. Um, so it's going to be a tall order. But look, Phoenix won two games, so they can do it. And listen, all things being real, they had a chance to win game four, right? So... They know mm-hmm. what they need to do. They just need to execute it flawlessly tonight because there's no margin for error. Well, absolutely, there's no margin for error because, again, it's win or go home. But let me ask you this because I think it's safe to say that Chris Paul needs to have an elite level game mm-hmm. in game six. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's the same type of, answer when I say 
it's obvious or safe to say when we say this game specifically game six is the most important game of his career. You know, I hate doing that. Is this the most important game of somebody's career? I do too, but I I only ask because this is the furthest obviously he has ever made in the postseason in his career. So that's why I ask it. And it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because you really think about it. Yeah, no. I'm with you. Um, And, you know, we we both lament this, like, hot take, like, oh, this is a legacy game for – I don't believe in that. Like, Chris Paul – I didn't use the word legacy. I know. You did not. Yeah, I know. We don't do that here. We don't do that up in here. We don't do that here. Chris is is one of the great point guards and great winners of all time. Uh, That's hands down, undeniable Hall of Famer, regardless of what happens in this series. But to your point, this game is the most important of his career because, as you so eloquently pointed out, he's never been in the NBA Finals before. And Jenna, as we know in the history of the NBA, there is no guarantee he's coming back next year. It, look, it took him 16 years to get to this point. It, it may not happen again, right? So it is, and that, and it look, part of its age, whatever, but that's for any player. The idea that, oh, don't worry, we'll be back next year. You don't know that. There is nothing guaranteed about teams making it back. So I think that, yes, from that standpoint, this is the most important game of his career in terms of him wanting to win that Larry OB, right? Like, so yes, because of the stakes, 100%, this is the most important game. Is it going to be a defining game from a, how I view him legacy wise? No, only if he's able to summon up, like, so let me say this in other words, if, if he plays well and they lose, that's not going to knock him in, in my book. If he plays yeah. well and wins and forces a game six and he somehow finds a way to win, help them win game seven, does that help elevate his total, uh, accolades, yes, because then he has a championship on his resume, right? But does that change who he is as a basketball player in terms of just straight skill? No. And I think that's the thing, Jenna. We always we have these conversations with, you know, players and does this game matter for this? What does it mean for X? It matters for their career resume and what they accomplish, right? How many all in those kind of counting things. But in terms of just strictly basketball skill and what he's able to do on a court. This game and game seven, if he's lucky to win, if they're lucky to win this one, that's not going to change that, right? So it's like when we're having these these conversations about who's a better player, player X or player Y, what are we arguing? Are we arguing straight up who can play basketball better or are we arguing who has the better resume in their career, right? Those are two completely different arguments and guys have Mm -hmm. better resumes than others for a variety of different reasons, better teammates, all different things, right? But yes, to your point, in terms of this game tonight for the fact of win for purposes of winning a NBA championship. Yes, this game is the most important game of his career. Yeah, I mean, when you put it in a vacuum, it is the most important game of his career. However, when you break it down in like the internet will, annoyingly, <laughs> you know, this is gonna ruin his legacy. This is it, it's over. No, no. because the people who say that are not. I don't want to use the word educated, but they are not informed uh, clearly on the greatness of the point God that is Chris Paul. One of the, the only point guards left that has that, that old school mentality point guard way of operating and sees the floor in a way similar, similar before anybody gets crazy to LeBron James no doubt, when no it comes doubt. to calling, calling plays and seeing the floor. He's, like you like to say, 10 steps ahead no of doubt. most in no that doubt. aspect. He, you know, the other thing too, that how, why Chris has been struggling 
you know, Drew Holiday has been incredible. I mentioned the, the Bucks' size and length is starting to bother, bother Phoenix. Like, Drew is just hounding Chris all series long. And it's wearing on him, right? Look, Chris is 30, how old was he? 30? 30, 36. 36? I mean, he, you know, he's, he's feeling it, right? This is, this is hard work. And Drew is not, Drew's not like some little six foot nothing, 150. No, this dude is strong, man. And he's just picking him up full court and just he, he, that's wearing on you, right? Like no matter how much t- days off you have in between, this is physical, intense basketball and it is wearing on Chris. Again, he's going to have to summon that next level, right? Can he, can he dip into the fountain of youth and into the well tonight to pull off another, you know, outstanding game? You know, it's funny. You talk about legacy and all that. I've seen stuff on the internet. If Giannis wins this championship tonight, where does that place them amongst? And I'm just like, why do we do this stupidness yep, all the go. time? Like, so I saw the stat where it's like, if he wins, he'll be the only player besides Michael Jordan to have two, at least two MVPs, a defensive player of the year, um, and, and, and an MVP. And I'm like, why do we make up these silly ass stats just to like link people? It's just, it's so dumb. And it's again, of course. It's, it's to have these idiotic Twitter conversations, which we are not going to have. Look, Giannis's career is still going. So I have no idea where his ultimate career accomplishment resume is going to stack. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that whenever he retires. I can exactly. talk I can talk about him as a basketball player, his skills and what he's able to do. And yeah, I I you know, he's certainly he's, he's getting up there, but he isn't quite in my estimation in terms of just pure basketball skills and what he's able to do, he is not up there with the all-time greats yet, right? But he's he's knocking on the door. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you in that standpoint. Um, Yeah, and just last note, too, about these two teams. One of my favorite things about the – I see Malika on TV. uh, Giannis is warming up here. Um, (laughs) One of the amazing aspects about the finals is you get the opportunity to actually – fall in love with a series for a while mm-hmm, because it's, mm-hmm. there's only two teams left. You're That's not it. missing games because there's 10 on a night. Mm-hmm. So you're getting to know these players on a different, deeper level because they're on the highest stage. So the sound bites are amazing. The, the explanation from Giannis about how he has tapped into his mindset. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And then we also get the sound bites like Devin Booker saying on the jump that it's you know, don't compare me to Kobe. Mm -hmm. These comparisons, I mean, I look to him as a mentor, but I haven't thought about this. Like, don't compare me. I shouldn't be compared. And these are all interesting conversations, better than the, uh, you know, who's the goat talk on (laughs) freaking Twitter, which people are just absurd these days. So yeah, (laughs) we're getting a lot of good stuff out of these playoffs, but let's move on here and talk about regardless, win or lose, because we're literally on the highest stage at the end of another NBA Finals, what is the future looking like in Milwaukee? What's the future looking like with the Suns? We have Chris Paul, who has a player option on his contract, and he could opt in or out, or he can try to go somewhere else and request a bigger deal or, you know, stay around with the Suns. There's other free agents on in the trade conversations when August comes, so after the draft in July. So Chris Paul has an option with the Suns. He's been a veteran presence. Um, great mentor to these, this young core, arguably responsible for the complete culture shift and turnaround in Phoenix when we used to call them dumpster fires. And then <laughs> we have Giannis, who we thought we didn't know if he was going to renew his contract or mm-hmm. come back mm-hmm. with the Bucks. And then we also have people 
with their foot in their mouths now asking, why do we pay Drew Holiday? Oh, wait a minute. This is why we pay <laughs> Drew Holiday. And then Chris Middleton, who solidified himself as the number two when, when we were having a conversation. Mm -hmm. Could he be the number two? Mm -hmm. I'm saying all of this because there are so many storylines, so many narratives. So let's start in Milwaukee. What do you see for the future of Milwaukee, win or lose? Because this is the furthest that they've gone. Yeah. So, you know, you brought up a lot of good points there. Win or lose, I think it's safe to say Bud's going to get a contract extension, right? So the whole idea about, hey, the Milwaukee Bucks job is going to open up, Bud's getting fired, that long gone, right? But, but, At one point, would have put my money on <laughs> but, but Bud's going to lock up a, a contract extension there. That's number one. So their coaching side will be set. From a player perspective, Giannis is what, 26, 27, something like that. I think he's 26. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Middleton's 29. Holiday's 31. So their big three, their core, they're signed up and they're locked up long term. So they're going to be a good team at least for the next three, four years, assuming no injuries and everybody, you know, everybody being healthy, right? Because with yeah. those three, you're going to win enough games uh, in the regular season to be a playoff team and be among the top teams in the, in the entire NBA. And mm -hmm. what's so great about Milwaukee is their three best players, who I just mentioned, Giannis, Chris, and Drew, are also their three best defensive players, right? That's a luxury most teams do not have, right? Mm -hmm. um, so they're going to be a good squad for a long time. Is this dynastic? I don't know. We'll see if they win tonight, right? Or, or if, if it goes to game seven, if they win game seven, we'll see. But they have the pieces that are there. The thing about Milwaukee is looking at them long term around the fringes, right? Because everybody knows, all right, you got your stars, but around the fringes, what are you doing? Milwaukee is not a free agency destination hotspot, right? Guys aren't lining up to be like, ooh, let me go play over there. That really isn't how it goes, right? When's the last time you heard somebody say, whether it was in athletics or not, yes, I can't wait to go to Milwaukee. Nobody. Let's go. Nobody ever. <laughs> and and this is not before the Milwaukee people get up on my mentions. Sure oh, a, yeah. Sure, it's a lovely city. I'm just telling you what I know other NBA players think about when they think about Milwaukee. It isn't high on their list if they're a free agent. Now, how much uh, does Mark Lazary and, uh, and and Wes Edens want to spend in luxury tax? Because, right, they win a championship. Okay, maybe all worth it. But if you want to keep guys like Portis, um, PJ Tucker, etc., you're gonna have to start paying a little bit, a little bit more cash. Are you gonna, gonna go to luxury tax? How deep in the tax are you willing to go? Um, how are you going to develop draft picks and young talent around them, right? Because, again, I don't know how many guys are going to just sign up and say, yeah, I'll take a veteran minimum and go to Milwaukee. Maybe some might. I don't know. So that's my only concern about Milwaukee. But from a long-term standpoint, at least the next three to four years, because those three guys are locked up under contract, they're in a good spot. For Phoenix, it's interesting, right? Their core um, and their young core. So I'm going to take Chris out of this for a minute. Book. Aiton, Mikkel Bridges, right? You're talking about 22 for Aiton, 24 for Book, and I want to say Bridges is somewhere around the same age, 23, 20, 22, 23, something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great, man. So their young core is there. Yeah. They are, right? Now, again, we know about the history of the NBA, Jenna. Just because you're young and you've been to the finals don't mean you're guaranteed to go back every year. I always bring them up. But look at the Oklahoma City yeah. Thunder, right? They went with the, with those three guys, with the young KD, young Harden, young Russ. Everybody's like, oh, don't worry. They'll be back five more years in a row. Never went back again, right? Like what happened there? Yeah, I'm just saying. And yes, there were, of course, the trade, things happen, whatever. But that's the NBA, right? So there's no guarantee. But you have to like where you're at as the Phoenix Suns with those three guys being young. The question about Chris Paul, what do you do? He's almost certainly going to opt out 
of that $42 million last year, $44 million last year because- 44. 44, because he's going to get a three-year deal somewhere. Now, it won't be a three-year, you know, super max deal, but it'll be a three-year deal that's pretty good. And the question is, is Phoenix, is Robert Sarver going to say, you know what, Chris? Yeah, we'll do three years at, I don't know, 90 million, right? We'll do three years at 100 million, whatever, right? Like, we'll see. I don't know. He was reportedly vying for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's reportedly. what he wants. I'm sure that's what he wants. He wants three years, so he gets an, an extra two at the end, right? So, yeah. so that goes into, by the time he's 40, he's still got 30-something million dollars being paid to him, which, yes. yeah. Listen, these guys have short-earning life, lifetimes, so you maximize and get as much as you can before you walk out of this league. I get You're it. Secure it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I believe that's what they're going to do, and I think Phoenix has, from sources I've, I've been talking to, Phoenix has the inside track to keep him. Um, but, you know, things can happen. Who knows? Um, but I think Phoenix will be the one team who will pay him that much money. And I think he'll stay right where he is. And then looking forward for your Phoenix, it's okay. What can we do? Because we see what our deficiencies are, right? As, as we're in the finals. We need another young backup big behind Aiton, right? Yeah. Somebody, because when Aiton's got to sit, we can't have that be our only seven footer and only person with size. Who can we have to play backup center, Right. Who can make, who can obviously score inside, but can also maybe stretch the floor a bit. And then they have the Crowder, if the Crowder to worry about, are you keeping him? What's going on there? What else can you do on the wing from a three and D perspective? I think campaign is also probably going to get paid, right? Be a good, be a good backup point guard for them. How can his skill set develop more so that he can lighten the load on CP3 during the regular season, right? So he's fresher come postseason. So, but I think the future is bright for Phoenix as well. I agree. I think. People will call me crazy, but I think next season, Devin Booker has a chance to be in the MVP conversation sure, if he's does. playing like he's playing now. He certainly does. He certainly does. He certainly does. I mean, the, ceiling, the sky's the limit for him at this point. Uh, the To see the development of him, it's so important to mention because we keep talking about Chris Paul, the greatness of Chris Paul, which don't get me wrong, Chris Paul is playing at an incredible level at thir- or 36 years old. Injury prone, admittedly, and most likely playing through an injury right now. And the Suns haven't said anything like we've been seeing with some of these injuries with these guys. And rightfully so, you're in the finals. We don't want to, you know, give away all of our skeletons in our closet. But yeah, I mean, to keep Chris Paul is you're getting the total package. You're getting somebody who's going to produce for you on and off the court in that veteran teacher kind of role. Um, coach and the relationship with Monty Williams. I mean, that's a whole oh, podcast yeah. for another time. For sure. I mean, you mentioned Chris but, being yeah. responsible for the turnaround. I mean, Monty is just as responsible, right? Monty Williams and Chris, like, cause Chris, you know, it's cliche and I hate using cliches, but Chris is that extension of Monty on the floor, right? Like, yeah. and, and that's so important for this son's team and they're getting valuable experience, right? I mean, remember guys, this is Booker, Aiton, Bridges. That's these, this is their first playoff run. Their first, they have never been to the playoffs until it's pretty this, damn impressive. And they're run to the finals, right? So they're gaining mm-hmm. a lot of experience. And they're understanding, as we always say, the difference in playoff basketball. When teams know every your every single move and they're forcing, mm-hmm. what's your counter? Right? And that's what Bridges and Aiton and Booker are learning. Like, oh, this playoff ball, yeah, this is different, right? These guys, these these, these guys are coming out here different. And so, you know, what are they gonna work on in their games? to improve coming back next year. The other thing too, is that, you know, if they extend, uh, give Chris a new deal, 
where's that going to put Phoenix as it relates to the salary cap and the luxury tax, right? And again, how much does Sarver want to get in there? Because I did mention, as I said, they need a they need a backup big and they need some shooting on the wings, more three and D on the wings. So you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do this off season. If you could throw a big into the mix after the season, of course, for the Suns, who could you see there? Oh man, who could? I mean, he's older, he's not young, but someone like a Dwight Howard, right? Who can uh, he can't space the floor, but Dwight can rebound, protect the rim, right? Because that that's where they're that's where they struggle, right? Is that when Aiton goes out, there's no one to deter uh, Holiday and Middleton from getting from getting into the paint, right? You need yeah. someone like that. You know, you look at. There, there are young bigs on rosters all over, all over this league who are getting no minutes, you know, or who are getting limited minutes. Um, can someone like, I mean, and the Nets likely won't give him up, but can someone like Reggie Perry help the Phoenix Suns? I'm sure he can. The Nets probably ain't giving him up, and and I wouldn't if I were them. But there's so mm-hmm. many guys of that ilk who are young who can be helpful. Um, and so it's really going to be about the Suns doing their homework um, around the league, looking who's a restricted free agent. Um, you know, who's in the draft that's available that we can turn and develop. Remember, nobody thought Cam Johnson was going to be this, but we saw Cam, right? Similarly, wherever we pick, is there a big in this draft that we think, you know what, this guy could be, be a good backup big for us. So they'll, they'll have some opportunities and some homework to do this, this, this off season. Very, very interesting. And that's going to be a fun conversation to go back to once this is all over to see how each team finishes out the finals, to see how the draft goes, to see how free agency goes and revisit that to discuss the future of these two particular teams. Because if you do think about it too, last note on this, you just like kind of opened my eyes a little bit with the Suns. I mean, like you said, this is their first playoff run. I can't believe they're here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. first run. You made it past some teams that you shouldn't have made it past arguably. So I mean, you, you beat whoever was in front of you in whatever condition they were in, right? Like that's all right? you can do. Well, Gerard, we must move on mm. because I know you have some things <laughs> to address. Well, it, it's just a really about, you know, this Milwaukee Bucks team and, you know, we get on here and I, I know I kill them at times. People listen, we beat this Milwaukee Bucks team up for a lot of reasons, but what we're seeing out of them in this run they've gone on the last three seasons is what we're used to seeing in the NBA, right? And, mm-hmm. and, that, and that is teams going through adversity and multiple runs before they ultimately get to that NBA title, right? In this era of super teams creating, created by the players, not developed by the teams, I think we lose sight of that, right? It's, oh, Agreed. the Warriors, they just win all the time. Oh, this team, the Cavs, they just win. Da, da, da. It's like, it used to be, right? Teams like the Pistons, man, they had to bust their ass and get beat by the Celtics, right? It took them forever. And then when they finally did beat the Celtics and get to the finals against the Lakers, they lost again, right? I mean, it's the continual heart. And there's something about when a collective group goes through the pain and they can come back year after year after year. Look. We talk about it. They were up 2-0 on Toronto the year the Raptors won the NBA title in the conference finals. Raptors win four straight. They get boat raced by Miami last year, right? And it's these are two, again, having the two best records in the league those two consecutive years. Where it's like, all right, Bucks going on the championship. Giannis, MVP, best player in the league, right? They were feeling it. They just, they, for whatever reason, they weren't ready and it wasn't happening for them. Now, this year, they finally get out of the conference. 
they get to the finals. They go down 0-2 in the finals. That's its own level of adversity, right? Mm-hmm. But they're able to tap in. The injury in, with Giannis. The injury with Giannis. Everything. But they're able to tap in as a group and together and say, guys, we've been forged through the fire, right? We've, we've, listen, we've had some rough spells, right? So they can tap into that, no, no, we're okay. We can bounce back, right? We have that 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 cohesiveness. And, you know, it's it's great to see the Bucks again, I don't know, they may not win tonight, who knows, but push through this adversity and get, and look, and let's say they lose, right? And they lose game seven. That's another piece of adversity, right? Yeah. How would they come back next year? So I think the ability for teams to deal with adversity and come back and push further, that's a huge thing we don't talk enough about. And kudos to this Milwaukee Bucks team for doing that. I absolutely love everything you just said, because you are right. We we get so wrapped up in the dynasty uh, super team era that we lose sight of what truly makes these great historic incredible triumphs is the teams that just boom, boom, boom. They make it so far, but they just keep falling down, down, down. And then they finally make it. So yeah, I love that. We need, we should do a separate episode on just that kind of stuff. Adversity. You know, Monty Williams said it uh, after game three, I believe four or four, whatever, one of those games. Um, And he said to his team, everything you want is on the other side of hard. Right, and that's just not about basketball and the NBA title. Of course, we know winning the NBA. I, I say this all the time, Jenna. Winning in this league is fucking hard, man. Winning that Larry OB is hard. Think about it. It's a one in thirty lottery chance. That's what you're. That's what you're hoping for. Thirty teams, only one wins. It's one out of thirty. That's difficult. Whoa. The majority of players in the NBA will never play in an NBA Finals in their lifetime, more or exactly. conference finals. It's hard to do this shit. Okay. Exactly. You're right, and. And that's another great point, too, that should open the eyes of people, analysts, fans, anyone who's watching this story unfold and talking about Chris Paul and riding along with the headlines. This man is 36 years old. Obviously, this is the latter half of his career. This is his first NBA Finals. One time. And to be honest with you, if I'm Chris Paul, if I'm human, I'd be sitting there thinking to myself, this is it, probably. <laughs> I mean, unless we can come back next year when the NBA is a completely different league. And I say that just because the play-in tournament has been signed on for the next season. You have everybody coming back. And when I say everybody, hopefully Clay Thompson and the Warriors, which is game shifting in, in the West. And then you have the Nets coming back, which that's I mean, another you, Thor you, movie. You have, you have the and, Hawks. You have, I mean, that, listen, year yeah. to year, we don't know who's going to be good, who's going to come out of nowhere, who's going to... Again, so I think what Chris is doing is he's realizing it ain't about the past, it ain't about the future. Tonight... This game, the present, I've got to focus here. This is where my energy, and as a top-tier competitive athlete, they, they, they know this. It ain't about yesterday, ain't about, no, today, right now, right. what am, am I going to play at, how am I going to play at the best I can today? And, you know, mm-hmm. that's what that's what makes these guys great. So we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, uh, prediction standpoint, I said Suns and Six. That's obviously not going to happen now. Um, but Jenna, you know. I won. Well, you, you didn't win because... Well, you technically lost first. <laughs> you know how I get. I get petty. You do get petty. I think it. I think it'll be tough tonight at home with the chance to, to clinch this. 
I just see I just see Milwaukee, you know, being a little bit better in those moments. And again, they just have when you really think about it, Jenna, the Bucks aren't just the better team. They have more guys who are better, right? Like they just do. On paper, they are the better team. Right? They have three guys who, when they're playing well, the Suns are gonna have to shoot like 90% from three to win. Right? And but I said to you, the three best offensive players for the Bucks are also the three best defensive players. So when those guys are playing their best games offensively and defensively, not a lot the Suns can do. They don't have a lot of counters they can go to because their roster's limited, right? And I just see that in the close in, in the clutch moments tonight, I think the Bucks are gonna, you know, the Bucks are gonna have the edge, you know. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if Phoenix won. Phoenix has already beaten this team twice and could have won, could have won game five, right? So it would not surprise me. Um, and then if it goes to a game seven, shh, who the hell knows what's going to happen in that? All bets are off. Anything can happen in game seven. But I, I, I'm leaning Bucks tonight. I just think they're going to find a way to close it out at home. I have to stay true to myself and of my course. orange tank And top. your prediction. And my prediction, I'm doing and staying at Suns in seven. I'm not going to be a little hopper. I'm going to be a true Valley girl. <laughs> Rally and, the Valley. Uh, oh my God. All the Valley girls probably hate me right now. Um, <laughs> So yeah, Suns and seven, but this is going to be interesting. It's so interesting and bittersweet because the NBA season could be ending on the night that we're recording this, which is game six, but we can't forget that in nine days, guys, you're not going to escape us because the NBA draft is coming to New York City and apparently they're selling tickets. So hopefully yes, everything is Center. safe yep. um, up in there. You know, are, will you be covering that? Or will uh, you be covering no, it? I will not be doing the NBA draft. Um, you know, now that we're listen, this this Delta variant in this COVID situation. Well, now I'm scared again. Yeah, it's like this whole idea, and even though you know we're vaxxed, obviously, like, but this indoor thing where I don't know who else is vaxxed, like, nah. Right. I'm, right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be limiting a lot of that, so I will not be. Plus, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, depending on how they do it with COVID, I mean, remember, we're all usually in those little press That's rooms. That's what I'm like saying. Yeah, sardines. I, I, and I don't know what how they're gonna be organizing any of that. I'll cover it from the safety of my couch. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I don't think I'm doing it this year either. But I will say this. Um, you did mention the draft coming up, free agency. So August 2nd, 6 p.m., baby. Yeah, it's crazy. So actually, guys, um, a little, little housekeeping for the old seven-footers here. We will not have an episode next week because your boy is going on vacation. I need a little R&R. Time oh. to... Time to get away from the, you know, the, the the grit and grind and just, you know, relax my mind. Um, so we'll have an episode back out on Tuesday, August 3rd. So what we'll do then is we'll recap the draft. We'll mm-hmm. do a quick, you know, NBA Finals postmortem because whether it goes six or seven, we'll, you know, we'll quickly touch yeah. on that. And then it'll be 24 hours in the free agency. We'll have lots to talk about in terms of who might be going where, what teams are doing, etc. So excited. And Gerard, think about it. Remember when we used to get done recording the seasons before the pandemic mm-hmm. and this, the NBA was on track regular with their regular schedule, mm-hmm. we would be sad because we wouldn't have, we would have a long break. And mm-hmm. now it's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, we are. we're, we're going to have like <laughs> six weeks off after free agency. Then it's like, all right, back for the NBA season in October, but it's all good. We love giving you guys this content as usual. You know where to find us. Apple podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. We are at seven footers pod on Twitter at Some Footers Podcast on Instagram, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly. And until, not next week, but the week after next, mm-hmm. take care. Peace. Peace.
spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we made come true Plotted some jobs, but I ain't hit back I don't want to trap, what's a man gon' do? Chevy told me, come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Right around 10, came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene